What's up, Bench Warmers? Welcome into episode 85 of the Fire on the Bench podcast. Jimmy Plato, Nico Bryant. Uh, another playoff reaction to get to. We happen to be recording these on the days that the Avalanche play games. So we're going to be talking a lot of Avalanche hockey, but we have a little wrinkle. Griffin Young's former, uh, we were actually guest on his show. He was a former guest on the hockey show I hosted for our, our network that we used to be on. Uh, first time we've talked to him for a while, and he was buzzing after that overtime win of game two. Colorado Avalanche put out there. Whew, uh, what a hockey game. So plenty of analysis about that. We talked the rest of the games that happened so far this week in the Stanley Cup playoffs because the NBA is taking a, a hiatus midweek. And uh, we do talk about the, the second round series of the NBA playoffs so far, give some predictions. And we even uh, touch on the J.J. Redick situation that, that came out on Wednesday. So hopefully you guys enjoy episode 85. Be sure to follow wherever you're listening. Leave a five-star rating and a review. Uh, we actually, there is a new one to read off. So before we get into the rest of everything, I'm going to pull it up here real quickly. We have another five-star rating that we got this week. This one is from Zia Porter. Uh, she said that the thing that she likes most about the show is you can tell how passionate we are about sports and, and Zia that's because we have no life outside of sports. So we appreciate you listening and taking the time to leave the review. Be sure to keep uh, rating us five stars and, and leave reviews wherever you listen. Um, be sure to follow at FEOTV pod, all social medias and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Nick, um, all hail kale. And, we, are, and- we are not worthy. We, we are not worthy. We are not worthy of this man. Let's, let's just get into the episode. There's nothing else to say. Hey, we got a, uh, I mean, what a game, what a night. And, and for that reason, we're going to have a special segment for you guys uh, impromptu. We literally just reached out like 10 minutes ago on Twitter and the bat signal has been answered. So not only is it Jim, is it far end of the bench episode 85 with Jimmy Plato and Nico Bryant, Griffin Young's the host of the tell it, one of the hosts of the tell it as it is podcast. I'll get it right at some point. It's it's I know it's not as late as where you are, Griffin, but it, 11, 11, 15 was not what I was expecting tonight sitting down for the avalanche game, uh, but couldn't have been a better night. So thank you for joining us from the tell it as it is podcast to talk a little playoff hockey. Yeah, no problem, fellas. Thanks so much for having me on. It's always a pleasure to be back on here. And you're right. Uh, what a game. What a what a moment for Kale McCarr, who had one of the best games I have ever seen from an NHL player, period. Yes, Connor Ingram aside, Kale McCarr stole the show from drop of the puck all the way to the winner. The best defenseman in the league, hands down. And it ain't close. Roman, and it ain't close. It's not close. Where was Roman Yossi on the OT winner? On his knees. Where he should be in comparison to Kale McCarr. Man, I know that it's not – Yossi finished the regular season on such a hot streak that Norris Trophy was, like, pretty much already in his trophy case, and, and playoffs don't count. But there's no doubt that Roman Yossi – he might get the trophy, but this, is, this was not his year. Kale's playing for bigger trophies. That's all we'll yeah. say. Kale's but shooting for bigger trophies. If, if a, someone submitted a ballot about 72 hours ago, saying that Roman Yossi was ahead of Kale McCarr on their Norris ballot, they're going to be feeling pretty stupid right now because this series through two games has left absolutely no doubt 
as to who the superior defenseman is. I don't care that Roman Yossi is more valuable to his team. You know, that's a valid point for the Hart Trophy, completely different award. Mm -hmm. For the Norris, it's not close. Kale McCarr is a generational talent who does not wilter in the playoffs. Like for some reason, people have said this season, absolute nonsense. This guy is an animal and we are so lucky to have him on the team i'm wearing the kale mccarr jersey tonight shout out to my boy christian my co-host for picking this up for me at ball arena and sending it over to me first of all it's been a long time since i've been on here for those of you who haven't kept up uh christian belay joined the show back in october best co-host in the world please check us out the teledabs this podcast second i'm done here i'm hopping right back onto there for our reaction to this game immediately, that's going to be up tomorrow morning. I'm buzzing right now. Can you tell me? I haven't felt this good in a long time. The business is booming. I mean, like, literally, I want to say after after we recorded the last couple um, um, episodes before the Avs postseason, last couple weeks of the post postseason, I, I was turning on telling Avs, your show, uh, almost like night – Every time the show was popping out, thinking like, "Oh shoot, what what was my boy? Get, uh, what are my boys over there, Griffin and and, and Christian saying?" Because I gotta I gotta hear, um, hear what your thoughts are on about. Because like I said, we 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 love our other sports, we love football, love basketball, but man, hockey. We 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 uh, when we team when your team is this good, uh, th- things 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 are fun. Things are fun. Very very fun. When you have Absolutely. playoff hockey to watch, I turn Canadian from about May 1st to whenever the avalanche happened to, to get bounced. Hopefully, we're not talking about that this year. I'm knocking on wood, but I'm, I'm trying to go for the reverse chicks. We'll see if that works out. Um, speaking of feeling stupid, we were talking a little bit about that earlier with, with some fun story, backstories with what, we're, what was going on during that game. Uh, we didn't get to talk to you before or after game one. How dumb do you feel as a coach – going with Riddick and then sticking with him through those first five goals, knowing what Connor Ingram, I mean, obviously you're not expecting him to turn into uh, Martin Soros. Rodeur or Soros so, for that matter. Half yeah, of that. I, either one of those guys, but you, you definitely weren't expecting him to have to play. How dumb do, would you feel as, as the coach of Nashville right now? I'm going to give Hines some credit here because Connor Ingram uh, against Arizona in the final game of the season for the Nashville Predators. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with the story or anything, but I'll yep. just quickly recap. Down four zero, right? Or something yeah, down, like that. yeah. Yeah. The Predators oh, are up four zero. Up four zero. Yeah. They're up four zero. All they need to avoid this series against the Avalanche is one point, and Connor Ingram gives up five awful goals, just terrible goals. Nashville should have absolutely gotten a point out of that game and be playing Calgary right now. He had a horrible game and Dave Riddich just beat the avalanche a few days prior coming yeah, into yeah. game one. It, it would have been a questionable decision to put Ingram in, but after the first period of Riddich getting torched for five and now uh, Ingram facing 50 shots and stopping 48 of them, only getting beaten by Nathan McKinnon on the first shot of the game and Kale McCarr on the last shot of the game. Uh, it's not going to be a controversy as to who's going to be in net for game three. And uh, if Soros doesn't get a high ankle sprain against Calgary two weeks ago, then we're, we're probably still not talking about this because he's not going to have that kind of game. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Game one is a lot closer and that second game. I mean, maybe, maybe even Nashville steals this game if Soros is in net, but I mean, let's, let, let's keep it a buck here too. People forget in playoffs, there's there's goaltenders across the league that pull one game out of their ass. People forget Andrew Hammond stole us a goddamn playoff game. Like the, the Hamburglar. I think it was either against these guys or it was against Calgary. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was, it was against Central. I remember being like, this guy, this guy came off the, the, the Zamboni and won us a playoff hockey game. So that's nothing. That's nothing new. The guy is a um, is a is a playoff leader and saves in a single game for Avs history. Not Patrick Wall, Andrew Hammond for Pete's sake. Like that's just all you need to know about playoff hockey goalies. Because if one guy hits his stride, he can be hot for a game. I mean, well, but I mean, Kemper did this to us. Two years ago, Two years ago. With, with Arizona, yeah. Arizona, like, it just happens. And Kemper's a good goalie. Don't get me wrong, but come on, like it, it happens. It happens more times than you can think. It happened two days ago in the yeah. triple overtime with the Penguins and the Rager, and the Rangers. Igor Shesterkin makes seventy nine saves in a triple OT and loses the game because Igor is good though. I'll say that. Igor's, Igor's, out, yeah, Igor's outstanding. outstanding yeah. But just further on your point, these kind of games happen from goalies. But when you're facing that many shots eventually one of them is going to go in, especially against a team like the Avs and with a team like the Predators who are just relying on getting lucky. Yeah. The only Ooh. way they were going to win that game is if an Av made a mistake and they got lucky. That, they that might have been their best shot right there. They that might have been their best shot. They don't get a goal in that game if Sam Gerrard doesn't mis- mishandle that long pass. If he doesn't yeah. go for the wrong, wrong shortstops slide there. And, and they get lucky, and the rookie puts his first playoff goal in against Darcy Kemper, which by that time it was like the fourth or fifth shot that Kemper had actually faced. So not going not gonna to put anything on him. Yeah, there's, there's a ton. Like, goaltenders in the playoffs are just weird. Kudobin did this last year or yeah, in the bubble to us against Dallas as well. After we faced Kemper, we went and faced Anton Kudobin, and we're all going, oh, Bishop's out. Bishop's not playing. That's that's great. That's going to be, oh, what the hell? Where the hell did this Hudobin guy come from? Standing on his head, doing a gymnastics routine in the crease. It, it just always seems to happen. But shout out to my guy, Biz Nasty. When Nico was saying he was listening to you guys going into the playoffs, I listened to you and Spitting Chicklets for all of my NHL knowledge moving through those, those few weeks leading up to the playoffs. And he said it best going into that overtime period. He's like, Ingram's been playing great, but you can tell right now he's been over in between every whistle. He's like, oh, my God. Exhausted. Somebody stop it, please. I I recorded my live reaction to the OT. It's up on my Twitter, but there's about 15 minutes of unseen footage before that because I started recording with 10 minutes left in the third. You can specifically hear me say, you are so close. He's dropping pucks. He's tired, and he's feeling the pressure. You're going to score eventually. I mean, 50 shots. You're, to only even score on two of them is all the credit in the world to him, but eventually you're going to break. I said it all third period. This guy's going to break if you keep doing this. 49 consecutive saves, by the way. After McKinnon scored on the first shot on goal, he went 49 straight until he gave up the game winner in overtime. So it's a great moment. I, I mean, him. if we're being honest, there should have been another goal that went in and uh, at the at the end of that second period. So it was it was <laughs> a bit not... of a it was a bit of a stripe show. It was a oh, rep show man. for sure. A little bit, yeah. I mean... how, how are you gonna push a dude on a goaltender and have that be interference on you? I, I, and also, I didn't know about the rule about losing a challenge and losing a guy for a game misconduct. That is one of the worst rules in sports. I think that is ridiculous. When, when a ref makes that dumb of a call, uh, look, look, it was an interference, absolutely, but there's nothing that was, I think it was Lekkanen, could have done differently. You get pushed on the netminder, and you try to get up, and by the time you get up, the puck's in the back of the net. Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, I mean, with, with Lekkanen there on that play, so I, un- I understand the call. I just disagree with it. Lekkanen charges into the crease, makes initial contact. You can't argue that. 
My problem is, is that if Dante Fabro does not push him down on top of Connor Ingram, Ingram would have had plenty of time to recover and make that save. But there was nothing Lekkinen could do on that play because Fabro cross-checked him down onto the goalie. And I agree, the the two-minute penalty for delay of game for a like, failed challenge, on. like it's it's – I remember when they didn't used to do this and it just used to be like every goal got challenged. So I understand why it's a rule, but it like, there's gotta be something else we can do here. Like this just doesn't make any sense. And the other thing I got on top of that, I, I get calling the goal off because of interference, but if a guy pushes another dude in the crease because their team is literally on their knees, trying to stop the puck to, from going in the back of the net before the period ends, that's gotta be like, I, I mean, like, I, I said obstruction. It's, it's, yeah. I said obstruction because I, I know obstruction is a rugby rule, but I, I don't. I, I don't know what the maybe game misconduct or it might be like a, a, a something interference. Like you can't just like blatantly push somebody on the netminder because you know there's a good shot that the puck might be in the back of the net. So you know what? Let's let's save our ass here. It's like it's like the uh, game one when 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 yeah. we ran when they ran to the back of the net to take the net off the bat. You, they needed a stop to bring their new guys in and they needed that juice. And it, it's, it was just, it's just blasphemous to me. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's no different than when they were knocking the, the net off and they're doing it because Connor Ingram actually had no idea where the puck was at that point. And they're all just like, ah, scatter. Somebody do something. It, it, I don't know. Uh, how do you feel about the physicality? Because I'm, I'm kind of sick and tired of hearing the national media continue to say that Nashville just has to lean on them. My opinion of the first two games is that Colorado has been the more physical team and Nashville's going for checks now a little bit more, but they're not smart checks. The abs are able to lay people out right now. Like all, let's all say a prayer that Nazem Kadri didn't get suspended for that hit behind the net because it's Nazem Kadri. And that could have gone, if it was just a little bit, off from where it was that could have gone pretty badly but the avalanche are being (laughs) yeah the avalanche are being smart putting bodies on guys in the right places and i would say that they're the more physical team in the series so far yeah for definitely for game one at least i walked away from that game going the 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 predators are trying to goon that game up because they're getting destroyed and i feel like we still won just about every single scrum for this game it's going to show that the predators have more hits i haven't looked at the box score yet but i'm very certain the predators have more hits we had the puck the entire time And every time it's a loose puck on the boards, it's not like we're getting shoved over and getting knocked over by the the physicality of like Tanner Janot or Mateus Ekholm. We're giving it right back to them. And they're not, they're no shrinking violets when it comes to hits. These guys go at them every single time. They're not afraid of them whatsoever. And so Nashville, I think by stats is the most physical team in the NHL, most hits, most fights, most scrums, that kind of thing. Most penalized. If the Aval- yeah, and if, yeah, most penalties as well by a lot, by the way. And if the Avalanche continue to fight back like this and continue to, for back of a better word, punch the Preds in the mouth, they get through this series, it's only going to get easier in terms of physicality from here. I mean, look at, if, I mean, we're not, I'm not jumping ahead. I'm obviously knocking on wood completely. But if you look at like Edmonton, Edmonton's not going to be this physical with you. Edmonton is definitely not going to be this physical with you. And you look at the other cities, Calgary has been struggling and, 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 uh, the likes of uh, Minnesota and St. Louis are just kicking the absolute shit out of one another. So you, well, they're not going to be the, the most physical team right now out of the West may very well be the Avs right now because yeah, they can take also, the hits. If I can jump in right here. Cause I just looked at the stats. Cause this is the first time looking at hits. 
the hits were 57 to 53 for Nashville. That is not far at all, considering how much the abs had the puck. Yeah. You can it, say like per per capita, the abs had more hits because they had the puck for 80% of the game. And and I think, like I was saying, those hits that the Avalanche are throwing, those eight hits that Nashville got were like the guy gave up the puck and you just ran into him and it counts as a hit. You put your body on somebody who, who wasn't involved in the play and you got a hit tallied. When the Avalanche hit you, it was to get the puck away from you. It was to stop your momentum. It was to show you that we're not going to be pushed around. This is not Smashville versus the lowly little abs that barely squeaked by Calgary in 2017 and I think they were kind of expecting that from game one and that's why we saw such a flat performance out of them and I'll say this Connor Ingram Ingram is never going to play that well again and the Nashville Predators played the best game that they possibly could have and you still walk away with a 2-1 overtime win where you put twice as many goals on net and and they had no answer for you so is the answer maybe UC Soros coming back off of a high ankle sprain if I'm UC Soros right now seeing that avalanche offense coming at me I'm like no thank you I yeah, it still hurts no. it still will, hurts really bad if you're Preds management if you're Preds coaching you got to look at what the avalanche just did to Connor Ingram and be like we are not risking the health of our franchise goalie for a series that we would be ecstatic to steal a game from like it's just not worth it I don't think. And we're talking about a high ankle sprain, like in a, in the regular season, that's six to eight weeks. This happened. Did it even happen two weeks ago at this point? Like you are risking a lot if you're, cause they said first two games, Soros is out. I don't believe that, but if they're going to throw him back in, in this series, I think that's a massive mistake. We, we, yeah. We talked about on Tuesday's show and with the NBA as well, it's gamesmanship. Cause I think Nashville, look, there's no like high ankle sprain in hockey is, 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 is just like unplayable. There's certain injuries, like, like hockey players can fight do almost 95% of everything, but high ankle sprains a little bit different when you're going uh, at one end to blue line to blue line, just wrecking, trying to just keep up with Liza McKinnon and McCarr. It's night and day. And and Sorrow's trying to go from post to post, man. It is not not going to be something fun for him. I I will say I will I would be very surprised the Avs swept the series because I have seen what what Nashville in a playoff home game is like. And, and smash was different. I would expect them to win one game and, and get a gentleman's sweep. Um, Cause I do think they do have a talent. I think Ingram could stand on his head one more game. Maybe Darcy has a bad night or something, but I, like I said, this is very, very tough to see this series going more than five at the max. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I mean, it's like you said, Nashville is a tough building to play in. It's something that we have struggled in in the past, not just in the playoffs, but in the regular season. And last year, you go back to last year's playoffs, top-seeded Carolina up 2 to nothing on Nashville. They go to Nashville, lose two straight OT games, and they go back to Nashville for game six. They have to mount a comeback and win that game in overtime. It's a tough building to play in. So I agree that a sweep would be fantastic but they're just so hard to pull off against a, an NHL team, especially one like Nashville, who I think is technically better than Dallas is, but the Avalanche, they're bad going, division. They're, yeah. And they're going to win this series. I mean, it would take a stunner to lose it at this point, considering just how badly we've outplayed the Predators in the first two games, but yeah, it's, they- it's going to be a challenge to go into Nashville. And especially after a game like this, uh, they're going to give it their absolute all because if they lose one at home, it's over. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful to see. I mean, they're 
I, I was watching a lot of the post first game analysis and, and the interviews and everybody said it right. It's not an ego thing. They don't need to win every game in the playoffs seven to two. Like I think maybe the team had the mentality in the past. They're more than happy with a two one overtime win and, and holding a team to a tie at, at that point from first period on. So they're not trying to be super flashy and be the Colorado avalanche that everybody is expecting. They're playing defense. They're taking advantage of the opportunities. It just so happens that all five guys, no matter what line they throw out there, except maybe if McDermott is suiting that night can score. And uh, there's just, there's no fall off. We talked about Nico. We said that we didn't know the the status of Cogliano right after the game on Tuesday. And it turned out he was out, but then you get Logan O'Connor to step up and play just an absolutely amazing game for a third line forward. And that's what I've been saying about the Tampa Bay lightning the last two seasons, their third line is what's won them the cup. Their third line has scored the cup clinching goal the last two times, two seasons that they won that Stanley cup. So my question for both of you, and uh, we'll let our, our special guest go first, Griffin, what's what in your mind is the biggest change from the last two seasons of this avalanche team? And, uh, and what is the difference this season? I think the difference is experience at this point is you've, you've been through the heartbreaks of the playoffs before, you know, you come into 2019, you're a young team. There's no expectations for you. You knock off the top seeded flames in the first round in five, you go to war with San Jose in the second round, you push that one to seven and you, you get a bunch of injuries during that game. You lose McKinnon for a stretch. You get a controversial ending to the game. You lose by one. You go into next season, obviously strange circumstances with the bubble, but you come in as one of the favorites for the cup. Uh, you stomp your first round series against Arizona. You deal with a ton of injuries against Dallas with Grubauer out. And then um, you lose your backup as well. And you lose Landeskog at a certain point, but you still battle back force at seven. You just can't get that final goal. You just can't get that final save in game seven and you lose. And last year is really the first one where it's like, okay, that hurt. Now we've learned what it takes. We were up two nothing against Vegas and they slapped the shit out of us for four straight games. It doesn't matter that we just won six in a row leading into this. You have to be able to give it your all every single time. And I think you started to see that in this game where Connor Ingram, on his head, obviously, they kept going. They kept pushing. They kept getting that puck in the zone. They kept shooting the puck, knowing that eventually one of them is going to go in because we are a great team, and we've scored these dirty, greasy goals throughout the regular season, we know what it's going to take. And they just kept pushing. And so now that's the difference because I think on paper, you can argue the team's maybe a little worse than it was last year with the subtraction of Brandon Saad and maybe upgraded net with Darcy Kemper over Grubauer. It's marginal either way at best, but this team is a better team than it's ever been. And they know what it takes. Yeah. I, I don't think it, it could have been better said, and uh, you, you got to go jump off and record your own episode. This will be out also. Uh, so listen to Tell It As It Is. That'll be out first. This will come out a little bit later tomorrow on Friday. But Griffin, like we said, when you jumped on, we couldn't thank you enough. It's been a long time. We were talking about trying to get you you and uh, Christian both on, but uh, it, glad you were able to, to join us for a little bit and glad we got to talk about a game of that caliber. Yeah, no problem. Thanks so much for having me on, fellas. And let you in on a little secret. My semester ends in about two, three weeks. Oh, oh, that's a great timing, huh? So we'll see you soon is what you're saying. So I'm planning for the second round. I don't know when. I don't know for game one or if it's later in the series. I'm still working on that. 
but I will be in Colorado for the second round. Oh, we, may, we may have to do a live one then, a live show with, with you guys. I will I'd be, see be... you guys then. So thank you, thank you both so much for having me on. And whether it's on Zoom again or in person, I'll see you guys soon. Thanks, Thanks Griffin. Thank you again, Griffin. At Teledabs, it is on Twitter. Uh, follow wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to him and Christian break down everything ads. And uh, we will talk to Griffin a little bit later on. Super glad that he was able to join um, and, and everything like that. Hopefully you guys have a good show and, and you don't stay up too late, but uh, it's too late for that already. So, but I'll see you guys later. Sleep is for the week. <laughs> see ya. All right. So uh, now that, that we've had that little, uh, uh, by the way, really, it's yeah, not just blowing yeah. smoke. Yeah. It's not just blowing smoke that Nico and I listen to the teledabs. It is. I'm podcast. picky on my shows. Okay. I am very picky on what I fucking listen to. And, and these, these dudes, like I said, I get my, I get my hockey content from, from, uh, from spin chickens. Yeah. Like Jimmy said, I got you hooked on that. Aren't you welcome about that shit? But oh. yeah, I get my hockey content from them boys. And then obviously all the abs content, whenever there's a big story, like when we got, when we had that, uh, a Lekin and trade first mm-hmm. show, I went and listened to was, them because i knew they had some great insight on it it's it's, it's a bunch of great stuff like i said i would love to have that in person in a couple weeks yeah, maybe in game and in person somewhere yeah i'll figure something out even if it's not at the game there's the dnvr bar right down the street sure, and very true. <laughs> i don't know anybody that can turn down a beer tower watching hockey um mm-hmm. it, it, i'll let you answer the question that i posed before we had to let griffin go record his own show Biggest difference that you've seen from from the last two years uh, and this team that we've seen so far in two games of the playoffs. So let's keep that my, in mind as well. My biggest difference, honestly, if I'm looking at this team, last 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 couple of years, when look, I I I am a goddamn broken record when I talk about playoffs because I always think whoever's between the pipes is going to win you the cup. It's plain and simple that you can have fucking Gretzky, Crosby, McKinnon all on the same line. Do if you ain't got shit between the pipes, it ain't going to win you games. And what Kemper, the 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 the. the exuberance and the energy that he just brings and the confidence night in, night out. Grubauer, unhealthy, not very healthy, great goalie behind us because that was, that was the people in front of them. Kemper was a damn good goalie on, on some terrible, terrible Coyotes teams. And you can tell he has the, all the confidence in the world because he knows he lets one in. He trusts the guys in front of him to get him one back. And that's the difference between this team is you have that blue line where – I said it last year. Uh, I tweeted out last year after the playoffs. Who, 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 who's the biggest X factor on this team? I play in simple, straight up, straight up. It's EJ. It's the, it's, it's the leader. It's the guy who has been on your team for a decade through the bad, time, through the bad times and not through the good times. It's the guy that, that, that mentored Kale, mentored Bo, mentored Sammy G to the type of players they are. And, and having him on that black line just brings that confidence to the blue line saying, we got a dog back there. We got some fighters and Manson and McDermott that can go out and swing with the best of them. But we know EJ – yeah, we know EJ is going to step in and be exactly the type of player you're going to be. You know, look, when your offense gets quiet on a night like tonight, where you're playing a faceoff, a hell of a goalie, it's the guys on the back line that exuberate the confidence, man. And, and look, 
like I said, kill, kill fucking Makai. That's that's this 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 dude. I kid you not. Is look, shout out Duchesne. Let's let's say I'll keep saying it. Shout out Duchesne, man. Hey, wanting his ass out the out of here, and us getting that fourth overall pick because of Ottawa's dumbass, man. Because this guy, how he fell to four, how he stepped into a playoff game, literally days after being in the Frozen Four, after winning a Hobie Baker. I mean, you could go on and on with this kid. He. Like, we talked about Bones being not knowing better when he played in the NBA playoffs. Kale McCarr has never known anything else than being the best fucking skater on the ice. Like he 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 just doesn't know better that oh these dudes are bigger than me. Oh these dudes are stronger than me. Oh these dudes maybe slightly more skilled than me. Hell no! I'm gonna make your life a living hell on the back line. I kid you not. Kale McCarr just does things that you're just like. This, this 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 guy this guy's on our team this, this dude right here this this 22 year old baby 23 23 my word man yeah yeah and it, he's been there's nobody that can touch him and everybody tries and everybody fails like he, he put three guys down on their knees tonight just walking the blue line and that wasn't even a shot he passed the puck um yeah, there's not not a whole lot to say other than Kale McCarr is my hero. All I, we are not worthy of of all hail Kale McCarr. We no, are not worthy. Not worthy at all. After the dome piece and then the game winner tonight, I, I'm, I, I'm I, just I, glad I got the jersey that I have right now. I'm glad that his number was the only one left because I'm not going to say that he was my first choice, but I'm, uh, it's I'm, the right choice. <laughs> it always turning, works out. Turning out pretty well. Turning pretty well. Pretty yeah. Well. Um, other games that happened tonight, let's talk about them. We'll oh, there's other hockey games, Jimmy? There's I other guess, hockey yeah, games. There, there, there was. So. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about the Wednesday games as well. Uh, Rangers get the win. They they even up the series. By the way, all the other series except for, I believe, Carolina uh, did move to one, one, one and one. So nobody else besides the Colorado Avalanche and the Carolina Hurricanes right now have a 2-0 series lead. But uh, the Rangers get a one back, 5-2. A little bit of controversy at the end of the game. Jeff Carter ran into Igor Shosturkin. Shosturkin kind of uh, was more on him, more so on him than anything. And there wasn't even a reaction really to it uh, other than initially. So I don't think we're going to see that really play come into effect. But I think that this was a big thing for the Rangers because the Penguins were mounting a comeback again. And in the third period, the Rangers put it out of reach. And, and that's what you have to do. If you're a team that's going to make sure you don't, lose two at home you've got to make sure that in, in these moments you can turn it on and that's what they did Artemi Panarin was great Shosturkin was great and uh yeah I I like this Rangers team I picked the Rangers to be in the Stanley Cup final with the Avalanche so uh, I, I, I like this Rangers team a lot I'm still not sold on, on Redman over there I think Panarin is is one of the streakiest players in hockey I think he, he if he if he has his mind right he can be a, a top 10 forward in the league when he's not there he's not there He's just not there. I mean, you can, he, he's a guy that's either going to give you a two-goal or like a three-assist night, or he's going to give you nothing and, and 30 minutes of ice time and, and maybe a, a minus two or minus three on the board. That's that's that, that that's the difference between P- P- uh, Breadman over there and some of the other great players in the sleep. But, yeah, yeah I, I, I like I said, Shesterkin – 
it's just they're, they're, like this this like I said on Tuesday the the, the rat or Wednesday the rags to riches for to go from King Ludquist to this guy I mean that dude is full on Russian mafia over there the dude the dude is ready to square up with everybody and that's what you want under goaltender you don't you want no fuff you don't want no fuff back there you want a little dude that has a little bit of an edge and there's a little bit of fucking grit between his teeth and it's gonna spit on your goddamn shoes mm-hmm. you're gonna want that if you're gonna want to be a team Kemper's got a little bit of that. I haven't seen it yet. Maybe that's one thing he's slightly missing, but there's teams good enough. But yeah, Igor has definitely got that. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, the Penguins, they, de- they didn't play as well as they did on, on Tuesday night. They were just at a different level. They couldn't keep up that. They basically played a perfect game to win that triple overtime one on Tuesday. So I'm honestly. It was a Sanguino net. I didn't check. Yeah, Probably he started the game. Yeah, I would have guessed that. He started the game tonight. Yeah. And it There's didn't a reason go why as, he wasn't yeah. a starter. There's a reason well. though, isn't there? Yeah. Um, I actually think that the New York is in a, a great position going back to Pittsburgh. I think that they're not gonna they're not gonna win both in Pittsburgh, but they're gonna split again and then come back to the Garden so and, and take a three three two lead. So I, I actually. There's three game series, and you got two of those at home, no doubt. That's yeah. that's what you have to shoot for if you're if you're New York. Yeah, I don't see after what I saw from Pittsburgh tonight. I don't see them putting up uh, as much of a fight as as we made. And, and Pittsburgh's and, and Pittsburgh's got a good barn. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like Pittsburgh. I mean, prime Pittsburgh was, was insane, but it's been a minute. It's been a little yeah. bit of a minute. Yeah, uh, Carolina or not Carolina. Panthers at Washington or Panthers in Washington. The uh, Panthers evened up the series again. This one five one. So, um, yeah, it was. It, it, you expected the teams that didn't look good, and Florida did not look good in their game one against Washington to bounce back and play better. And Florida, Florida was the President's Trophy team winner for a reason. They they have talent and they're somewhat healthy right now. They're still battling small injuries here and there. It's still like the 5-1 win over the Capitals does not do anything for me. I don't think that the Capitals, the Capitals are probably the worst team that made it into the playoffs, maybe behind, maybe the Stars, maybe the Stars or maybe the Capitals. Those are the two teams. But Washington on the Eastern Conference is nothing. Carolina, or I keep saying Carolina because of the damn Panthers on the SCN. Florida, Florida should not have to struggle to beat. Washington. That's what if I'm they do, about. then that's the biggest eye opener that you need to see from this team. I love me some Ovi. I love me some Nikki Backstrom. I love love me some TJ Oshi. What does this team have on the back end? Absolutely nothing. This do you know is, who their goaltender is? It's, oh fuck! I, I I do know his name. It's it's some fucking Finn or it's a Russian. I can't think of his name. I, I, I it's a uh, Samsonov. There we go. Samsonoff. I knew that. Yep, I knew that. I knew it was something fucking weird like that. I bet on a lot of Capitals games for some reason this season. Yeah, that's how Sam- far. Samsonov didn't play after the first period. Yeah, they they pulled his ass. Vanacek played after the first period. I like I said the Caps team. I, 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 I think this game goes six games. I don't think it's a five. I don't think that Carolina wins two in a row down there. Uh, or not. Wow, I said Carolina too. Thanks, Jimmy. Well, I don't think Florida wins two in a row up there in Washington, not down there in Carolina, mm-hmm. up there in Washington. My geography just it's almost midnight, so bear with yeah, us. Yeah, we're, 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 pushing, we're pushing stones here. But, yeah, I I, I I would not be surprised if this series goes six at all because I think OV in the – Boys over there still going to win one at home, um, but I, I think that's this Florida team is a little too much. Yeah, Florida, Florida is too much for Washington, but this does not give me any confidence moving into the next round. No, for, it gives me Panthers. less confidence. You look into the second round, 
Um, I'm trying to think who the four seed because I don't know how the fuck this playoffs go. If you if this team places Tampa it would be, Bay, it would be Tampa, Tampa Bay or Toronto. They face one of those teams like Toronto. And that's a different story. They face Tampa. That's that's that that that's that's a that's an in-state rivalry that people forget it is is edgy. It's a it's a goddamn sunshine it state hockey last year. Yeah, slugfest last year. I don't think Florida wants that. They would. I don't know if they'd love to go to Toronto because I don't think anyone would love to go to Toronto. But they're not looking. I, I think this team's a second round exit. I'll even. Yeah. I'll even go as far as say if Toronto gets past Tampa, they're getting past this Florida team. I, I'm all aboard the Austin Matthews Mitch Marner train. I'll just say that I am full aboard, full bandwagon. I'm, I've been looking for Austin Matthews Maple Leaf jerseys because that's how much I love watching this guy play hockey. So yeah, I, I, I I'm not sold. I'm not. I'm just not sold on this team. Dang it! You set me up for the the shots fired day, eh? and then you go turn around and say you want a Leafs jersey. Nobody wants to go to Toronto. Shots fired, eh? It's an awesome Matthews jersey. It's respect. It's different. Uh, uh, Stars and Flames, they evened up at one one game apiece. The Stars got uh, empty netter in the third, but they basically held a one nothing lead the entire rest of the game. This game, um, this series has scored a total of three goals in two games. Yeah, it's not. not <laughs> it's, been, it's not pretty. It's, it's not pretty. It's, it's, it's not hockey it's you ugly. were watching. Yeah. Uh, the Stars were the most boring team in the NHL throughout the regular season as well. Great so it's no bet surprise. On Great team I'll bet on though. I'll tell you that they cover like no other. They do cover. Uh, Pavelski's just that Pavelski. I bet you is betting on the games himself. It was like, uh, yeah, he, he ain't no Evander Kane and Edmonton over there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, I, I honestly, the same way I feel about the Panthers and the Capitals, I feel about the stars and the flames. Whoever makes this through is just a sacrificial lamb for whoever's coming out of uh, there's teams on the Western conference that are going to beat Calgary there's teams on the Western Conference that are going to be able to beat Dallas and really not even make it that much of a struggle so these two teams I'm not even really worried about no not 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 at all no I'm sorry yeah that's yeah it's I I honestly think this may go seven six seven man Mm -hmm. I think Calgary is a team that just flounders in the playoffs and they and they 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 fall to to heights that they shouldn't go against bad teams that they're far better than and you, you get you get Guys like Goudreau and Kachuk and up front that just fall under pressure, absolutely fall under pressure. And they they cannot consistently keep a goaltender in net. I kid you not, if Calgary was able to have one guy they could just put back there for 60-plus games and just be the number one netminder in the playoffs, this team would be a serious cup contender. They're a two-seed in the West, and I do not take them – I take Edmonton more serious. I take St. Louis and, and Minnesota more serious. Like I, I, That's how low I think of this Calgary team right now. It's weird. I mean, think about – like. Hockey is Canada's sport. Calgary is a team that plays in Canada. Calgary has the least amount of historical pedigree of any of the Canadian teams in the NHL. They have one Stanley Cup. And you know when that was won? 1989. They have one championship, and it was won in 1989. And that was a fluky kind of season where they, they shouldn't have been Vancouver there. hasn't really been a whole lot either. But uh, Vancouver was, expansion, yeah. was an expansion yeah. team. So a little different, yeah. I, I'm not giving them as much flack. But Calgary's been around for a long time, and they've sucked, or at least just been in the middle of the Mediocre, just mediocre. Absolute mediocre middle-of-the-road team forever. Uh, then moving to Wednesday night's games. Carolina, the actual Carolina Hurricanes, they took a 2-0 series lead over Boston. Boston just 
they're trying to take as many goaltenders. They they might, they're trying to take as many goaltenders as they can out. Because that's the only shot they have. That's the only shot they have. That's the only shot. Really? Is it? Because the guy that got put in afterwards, Kuchkov, Kuchkov. That's definitely Russian. K O C H E T K O V. Yeah, I don't have Kolchev. I don't know. That's absolutely Russian, though. But 30 saves and a 938 save percentage in relief. So, yeah, you got the first two goaltenders out that you're going to play, but you still can't score against this team, and you can't stop them from scoring against you. I think this is a sweep. I'm serious. I don't think Boston can get a game off these guys. I, I, I even, I even, I, I, think, well, I think we both picked Boston. We, I didn't realize that the fuck the, those fuckers over there um, only let in one goal in three games against these guys during the regular season. Like it's, I, Boston, that team is 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 on the verge of just being broken up. That that big line is is gonna. Look, they'll keep Marshawn because Marshawn is Marshawn. But Pasta and the likes of Bergeron may be on their way out here in a year or two. Absolutely, if you're them. Because, look, your you're back end outside of McAvoy, they ain't got shit for, for fuck out there. They're, they're throwing out random goalies too. Omar and Swayman? Come on now. What happened to the days of prime? Look, Tuka was one of the biggest choke artists in NHL, play, NHL playoff history. But Tuka at least was going to – you know what you're going to get from Tuka. And Tim Thomas, man, talk about good goaltending for a decade like now you're throwing Swayman and Olmark out there expecting to be a red hot Carolina team no shot I said it last season when Boston got rid of Zidano like I get that Zidano wasn't bringing you anything and I watched the series against Tampa it was time to get him off your blue line but when you when you make the move and you get rid of a captain that's been a captain for that long it totally screws up the rest of the flow of the team and now you got the, the two guys that you said, Marchand and Bergeron, both have rumors about possibly just being retired because Marchand has been playing forever. He's won a couple gold medals. He, I think he won the Stanley Cup. or Maybe he was a little bit after yeah, that. He, he was one of the younger guys on those cup runs. So he's he's kind of done whatever he wants. And this after this season, this Boston team does not look like anything. Like next – they were barely a playoff team this year. Next year, they, they will be like scratching – maybe even competing for a lottery pick, but they'll be scratching to to be in some sort of playoff contention by February. Well, Jimmy, we, we all know that lottery drafts, lottery picks are uh, are uh, scripted. Boston will get the number one pick in two years. Mark my words. I, I don't like it. it always but... goes. That's how it always goes. They always feed the bigger city some, yeah. some, some feed the, the monster something. Uh, yeah. Not a whole lot to say about that. That seems like that series is pretty it's, well at it's, hand. It's four. It's four zero. That's the one series I'm confident that Carolina wins every game. How do you feel about this Tampa Toronto series? Because Toronto got the shutout in Game One. Uh, Tampa looked dead in Game One. They did. And they said, "Oh, I have legs in Game Two. That, that's I true, expect but... this, this is. I expect this to be seven. This is the series yeah. I'm watching every single game. Even though the Jersey matchup is horrendous, I keep saying that because I'm not. I'm not dead, and I'm a Jersey you don't fanatic. Know who, who you're betting on? Yeah, I don't yeah. know who. The, I don't know who the fuck I'm betting on, and what the hell I'm looking at for half the time. But the series is entertaining as hell. You have probably the series with the most star power across two teams. Like you have, you have the boys. You have Cooch. You have Hedman. You have Vasilevsky from Tampa. Stamkos, you have Stamco. I mean, yeah, I, can go on. I know. I, I, Jimmy, I know. I can go on and on. I'm trying Brian to. Uh, then you have Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, um, and, and that's about it for t- Toronto. But either way, those are still two absolute studs. But that's I. I this series, it's 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 who's gonna bend that break. 
And Tampa Bay is is the team with the far, far better goaltender, a far better goaltender. And like I said, Toronto, I'd be surprised they win the series. I still would be very surprised they do. But I would not put it past Austin Matthews to because the dude is literally on his, just such a stupid run right now. Him and Marner. Free, free Austin Matthews and free Mitch Martin. That's all I'll say. Free those dudes because man, they they are stuck on a franchise that just that just has the biggest monkey on their back and, and probably all of the NHL right now. Hey, I have them picked mainly because like game one proved what I was saying about Tampa. They played so many games in the last three seasons that they're kind of just tired. Doesn't mean that they can't turn it on when they need to, and they proved that in game two. Uh, Headman like. We talk about a, a great defenseman. It's a totally different style of game to watch with Hedman, except for when Hedman does try and go offensive. That's the biggest man of all time skating down at you if you're a goaltender. So I would be a little bit worried about that. But him having a four-point night against Toronto was huge. I will say the Maple Leafs didn't quit. Like the the Maple Leafs teams of old would have made this five they would have made this 5-3 because they scored three and then gave up five in the first period and didn't score again. This team at least had to battle back in the second, scored two in the third. They just ended up giving up two of their own in the third. Their goaltending sucks. Their goaltending has been their issue ever since the all-star break. And they stuck with it. Didn't make any, any moves like everybody told them to. And, and now they're going to have to either live in the outhouse or the penthouse. It's a 95% chance to stay outhouse. Like I said, I would be very surprised. How good is Austin it's 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 more how good is Vasilevsky. If, if this Toronto team was matched up against any other first round team in the East, I I would have maybe gave them a good shot. Against Carolina, maybe give them a good shot. Florida, maybe would have given them a good shot. When you're playing a a, a, a two time back to back Stanley Cup winner in between the pipes, and a team that just knows how to win when it comes to the seven game series, outside of obviously playing Columbus three four years ago, but Either way, this this it's 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 going to be a thing a lot, not just from the likes of of Austin Matthews. It's going to take Kerfoot, shout out old buddy Kerfoot, and and the likes of likes of a lot of those secondary players because at some point Austin Matthews is going to have to be shut down, and you're going to need those other other forwards to step up. Uh, next game that we'll we'll talk about, we'll we'll kind of wrap these two up quickly and then get into the NBA playoffs because uh, there are no games tonight, so we got some games to look forward to. Uh, in the in the round two series in the NBA, the Kings lose six nothing against Edmonton. They, they kind of gave all they had in game one, and and I'll say the same thing about about the Blues because the Wild came back and kind of pumped them six two. So two return return shots in the final two games from Wednesday night. What do you think of, of those two matchups? Uh, first of all, I'll say this: Minnesota that was the biggest outlier to me because I think St. Louis. Look, St. Louis, like I said, they, they, they have a lot of dudes that have made a cup run. The St. Louis team knows they did their job. They did their job. You come in and win one game, then you go back to home ice. That's that's what you want to do as a road team because you want to put home ice back in your favor because now you, you're you staring down three of – or three of the next uh, – uh, um, I can't count. Hold on. Three of the next five is at home. Three of the next five are at home. So you got to hope that there's a good shot that you, you got a chance to, to, to win, win to a home and then steal one on the road. And you, and you, and you got this, like I said, you, if you're out of the damn net. Yeah, Put that, Calvin well, in. No. 
Yeah, poor Florida, man. That that dude. Poor, look, Vegas ruined that guy. Vegas really did. He he deserves so much better than trading him and him finding out on Twitter. He deserves so much better. Um, Karma's a bitch, though. Uh, ask Mark Stone. Karma is a bitch. Uh, I can't believe, like, the pacing of these games, we talked about it. We, I think they should spread them out. But, honestly, it kind of worked out today because there was no triple overtime game. I could go – Game one, intermission, I switch over to the next game that was on, and I didn't do that with the Avalanche, obviously, but I could have. I did that last night when, when none of the teams that neither of the none of the teams that were playing were my team. Um, but no, I think so far the, the Stanley Cup playoffs have lived up to their billing. It's my it's the most exciting professional playoffs to me. I, I think that I'm not alone in, in that regard. I know people love the NBA playoffs and the, the NFL, NFL playoffs, playoffs are, are super exciting because it's it's one and done. But there is something to say about I, I it's it's one of the hardest, one yes. of the hardest uh, um, co- cha- professional sports championships to win. Football, yes. there's teams that no no offense to me, but there is the outliers like the Bengals that 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 come into the Super say Bowl. Say the Rams too. Say the Rams say too. The, they were say the Rams too. well. I know. I'm 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 not. I'm just I'm just. Just going off recently yeah, bias. Um, there's no slight at you, <laughs> but the, the shit just like that happens. Yeah. They, when it comes to the cup, they're they're 95% of the time the best team wins. The best team in the last two months of the year was gonna hoist the cup and have their name written on the cup for the next thousands of years. So similar to in yeah. the NBA, honestly. Yeah, the M- the NBA it's a little bit different because it's it's a lot more dependent on who is the best player. <laughs> I shall not easier to take over. Yeah, it's easier to take <laughs> over a game on the hardwood. It's, yeah, it's easier to be like, oh, I'm dropping sixty tonight, and we're gonna win. A little different on 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 the ice, but yeah, no, absolutely. Unless you're Luca. <clears throat> oh, oh, poor Luca. Free speaking Lu- of speaking Luca. of Luca, let's let's go to that game because uh, we didn't the the two games that happened Wednesday we didn't get a chance we got a chance to talk about both on on Tuesday the Wednesday night games we haven't talked about yet the Heat. Go up 2-0 on the 76ers. Sixers are dead. Sixers are dead. I told you. Did I say four games? Was I say five? It's they're dead. Absolutely dead. James Harden, people are seeing how overrated he was. I've known this for years. There's a reason why this guy has never won a goddamn playoff series by himself. He's needed likes of Chris Ball to White Howard to win the playoff series because the dude, when it comes to playoffs, you ain't going to shoot 30 free throws a game anymore. It's a little different, ain't it? And Doc Rivers, it's a little tougher when you have to coach against a good team, huh? A little different. You can't just say, fire these guys up and hope them for the best. When you're facing a goddamn gamesman like Eric Spolstra, night in, night out, who's going to throw a 2 3 zone at you, throw a 3 2 zone at you, throw Bam. On James Harden for the hell of it, just absolutely wreck your game plan. And the best you can do is be like, "Come on, boys, fire them up! Come on, I don't blow three one leads. Come on, this ain't me. This is you. Come on now, the absolute bush league." Here's, here's my uh, impression of a Doc Rivers huddle on the sideline. All right, Coach, what'd you see in the film? I was I was supposed to watch film. I was supposed oh. to game plan. I thought I just yelled at you guys and you guys went and played because you're the you're the players. I'm just the coach. There's I mean, we've beaten that drum to death. Like the Philadelphia 76ers are, are mentally weak and, and there's no, no way around it. Yeah, um, You know what? You're right, Jimmy. Uh, you're right. I'm done talking about this trash team. I will talk about the team that whooped their ass. This Miami Heat team is legit. They're legit. I still think the winner of this Boston's Boston Milwaukee series is going to go to the NBA finals. 
but Miami fully healthy. Tyler Harrell coming off the bench is a goddamn luxury. The reason there's a reason why they're sixth man of the year. When you have Old Depot, <laughs> look, their death lineup. Of Kyle Lowry, Old Depot, Jimmy Butler, or Old Depot slash Tyler Hero, uh, Jimmy Butler, PJ Tucker, and and Bam Adebayo. PJ Tucker legit lines up against the best opposing player every single night. A dude is six foot eight and just grinds, grits and grinds his way to to playoff defense. He knows what it takes to win. 16 so in 16 games he did it last year like the dude just is hungry and 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 i'm i i keep biting my tongue because this motherfucker bites my ass every time this team's good but this heat team is is legit they just could not beat Jokic in november that's all i care about you dare bear uh yeah um jimmy butler jimmy butler is the guy that i would like leading my team any team that i have he is obviously the, the, the conversation is over. He was not the issue in Philadelphia. He was not the reason that team never was able to or trust Or Minnesota. Or Minnesota. It, 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 all it took, the reason why he was the villain in those places was because the guys in that locker room didn't want to sacrifice what they needed to sacrifice to be great. Jimmy Butler has done that his entire life. He, he was not a one and done in college. He was not a guy on a full ride scholarship initially. He was not going to be a starter in the NBA and he's willed himself to be the leader of what looks like the best team uh, outside of, of maybe three others that I can name off the top of my head, the Miami heat and Jimmy Butler. This is a great story for him. The last, the last three seasons since the bubble has been awesome for, for Jay Butt. Uh, last year they had they were so badly injury prone. Jimmy Butler only played two of that, two of those games against the Bucks in that sweep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said, this 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 team like I said, Spo. I, I, I when 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 Pop retires, Spo was by far and away the best coach in the league. It's not even close. The dude is the second longest tenured coach in the NBA. The only reason why he's second is because you have, in my opinion, the greatest coach of all time down in South Texas. So that's the only reason why. But yeah, no, Spo just does an incredible job getting the most out of his guys. He gets Max Struss has been starting for these fuckers, and Struss just lights up the goddamn scoreboard. You get you get guys like Gary Vincent, Max Struss, Duncan Robson, who all just pay sparingly minutes. But you know, one of those nights, those dudes are going to drop 30 on somebody's head out of the blue because that team gives them the confidence they need. And that's why Miami is just consistently just just annoying to play in the playoffs. Absolutely annoying. It's a team that you look like, oh fuck, these guys again. Like they may not, they may not be have it have have the likes to win it all. They may not have the likes to match up with Milwaukee or Boston. Or Phoenix or Golden State. Well, my God, you will you will know when you play the Heat. You will know when those fuckers come to town and they play that bully mouth bush mouth football or not football, bully mouth basketball. Wow, my, my, it's it's late. Yeah, we're gonna get, we're grinding for you all, so you you guys can't give a shit, or if you give a shit. At least we know you listen, so I'll take it. Suns Mavericks. Uh, Monty Williams is also one of one of the better coaches I think that that are left in Absolutely. this playoffs. And the Suns get a one twenty nine one oh nine victory. Luca dropped another thirty five, but uh, CB three CB three was a big 
big story out of this game. He was one of the top performers for the for the Suns, and he had 14 points in the fourth quarter. As much as I hate that him so much, I really hate him so much. I I look. It it goes back to the Chris days back in when he when they played New Orleans together, and him and Byron Scott. I just have a hatred for those two. But man, I, I Devin Booker is just so fucking fun to watch. He really is. The dude has dude, the dude lives the dumbest life. And poor Luca, my man. Oh man, Jalen Brunson just played his way out of the fat contract. If, if Jalen Brunson would have look, I, I never wish injury upon anybody, but Jalen Brunson would have got her and not played the second round series, he maybe would have got a 75 million dollar contract. Because people are seeing that Jalen Brunson is a is a good role player on a good team. He is not more than that. He is not a number two at all, at all, and on a good team at least, at all. And Phoenix is saying, you know what, Luca, get yours. Absolutely get yours. Well, you know, because no one else on your team, Davis Bertans played a great second game, and Kleber had that great first game. But they're not going to do that every night. You're you're telling me the likes of um um look I love me some Spencer Dinwiddie skull buffs but Spencer Dinwiddie ain't gonna do much for you um the likes of of Dwight Powell is not gonna do much for you I mean they, these dudes don't got it they don't got it when you have Javale fucking McGee take Luca off the dribble for a dunk you know you're done for <laughs> you're done for it's just not gonna work yeah um it, it's it's just proven like that was a, a series that nobody wanted to win. And Dallas just happened to be the team that stuck together longer through it. It wasn't going to, we said it, uh, whoever made it out of that series was a sacrificial lamb for Phoenix. Yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll ask you this question. Why do you get like a 10 day vacation in the NBA playoffs? Because the Celtics and Bucks don't because, play again until they, Saturday. I, I know. Cause I care about their players. Jimmy. We forget Gary Bateman does not give a fuck. <laughs> I just feel like that. Adam Silver is, Adam Silver, I know, I agree. I'm not compl- I'm not disagreeing, but Adam Silver respects his players. That's all I'll say. Adam Silver, arguably the best commissioner in all of sports alongside Roger Goodell. Yes, it's not – it's slim pickings out there compared – based upon what the other two fuckers are, who the other two are. So, yeah, the NBA likes to – look, hockey, hockey barns are different. They will show out no matter what. NBA fans, if it's a Saturday night game, Friday night game, Sunday night game, Sunday day game, they, that any building, almost any building will be packed. Um, I would do, before we kind of wrap things up, uh, predictions for the, the Saturday games. We talked a lot about the, the other two series, but for the Bucks and Celtics and then the, the Grizzlies-Warriors, the two series that are 1-1, who gets the upper hand on Saturday? Who are we talking about uh, when we get ready to record next Wednesday? Show is in position to move on to the next round. I'll say Golden State goes up three one. They're not. They're winning two out. They're winning two at home. Grizzlies. That was the best shot they had. I think it was. I this Grizzlies team is good. Very very good. Very good coach. Taylor Jason. Like I said, I'm going to give Taylor Jason a bunch of credit because he is one of the best young coaches we have in this league. But Golden State right now, they are not hitting on shots, and that's why Memphis is in games. It really is. Draymond getting ejected. Um, you have you have Draymond getting poked in the eye. Curry losing like 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 being the only Batman with no Robin because Clay and Jordan Poole haven't showed us up to the second round of playoffs yet. I think it's only about time before the series. I think it goes three one back to Memphis, honestly. The other series, I think it will be two two. 
Absolutely 2-2. I think Boston will take one, and I think Milwaukee takes one. Then it's a three-game series with Boston having two home games, and I think Boston may be able to squeak it out then. But, man, that's – look, that's – this Milwaukee versus Boston series is what we're seeing on the East Coast for hockey with Tampa Bay and and uh, Toronto. It's it, it's a team that, that is consistently good in Milwaukee. I guess a team that is hot and cold like no other. They're either – Top your list to win the finals or middle of the road. There's no one between. And and Boston right now, Tatum is Tatum is different. That's all I'll say. Tatum Tatum is absolutely different. I love the way that the, these guys are able to show out in the playoffs and, and dropping these big games and taking over um, taking over different situations is is huge. And it's interesting, too, because the, the NBA, there hasn't been as many games as the NHL playoffs this, this week, but the NBA has been in the news. You tweeted about it, the J.J. Riddick situation. The we JJ, didn't get Riddick a is, to... yeah, J.J. Riddick is becoming my favorite analyst. That's another Let's... show I love listening to. Old Man at Three, he does such a good job with that show. It's a Let's... basketball analysis something. Yeah, let's talk about that situation because uh, I know that you were paying attention to it a little bit more than – than I was, you tweeted about it, and it happened on Wednesday, so we didn't get a chance to talk about it. But what was the situation, and and what did you agree with what Reddick it's, said? It's 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 this notion about Draymond. Look, Draymond is is a fucking pissant to everyone when you're playing against him. But there's a reason his gamesmanship is so smart. And then you have the old head saying Draymond's bad for the game. It's physical ball. Draymond Draymond plays physical ball. He's outspoken. He does some dumb shit on the court, off the court. You can name it. But the dude knows the knows hoops. He's one of, one of the best basketball minds. And it fucking, I'm biting my ass saying this shit because I because the amount of shit I talk about him. But he's one of the best basketball minds we have. The dude doesn't shoot maybe more than ten times a game. Because but you know he has to be on the floor for this team to be successful. He has to be because you know his smart and his prowess on the offense and defensive end to make sure that Clay, Steph, Jordan. Pool get their shots, but you know that Draymond is going to be that anchor on defense at six foot eight, maybe at the most, maybe six foot six. So, like, Draymond does a great job, and Reddick just hit the nail on the head. These old heads thinking the likes of fucking Bob Cousy, and you're telling me Bob Cousy is a better all time player than the likes of fucking Kyrie Irving? Yes, Kyrie Irving had the all day off the court shit this last year. Kyrie Irving is just different. These old heads, sometimes sometimes it just gets old. Like, look, look you got to respect greatness when you see it. We are we are we may not be the magic bird days or or the, the Jordan versus the Piston days of, of, of those of those 90s of basketball. But right now what we're seeing the talent across the league, we may be seeing one of the most evenly balanced leagues we've ever seen. And and that's coming off a, a four-year stretch where we had the Sammy NBA finals between Cleveland and, and Golden State. It is there is legit, and you can make an argument for about four different teams, and that's and, and hockey. We talk about all the time. There's a good shot five teams can win the cup every single year. Obviously, we hope it's our team. But the NBA last year, not a lot of people picked the Bucks to win at all. They thought, oh, Bucks seemed good, not good enough. No one picked Phoenix to make the NBA finals. I mean, these teams come out of the woodworks, and teams just just. It's it, it's great. Adam Silver has done such a great job with so many teams and getting the level play at such a high level. Old heads just don't know what they're watching. The like of likes of Nick Wrong and, and and what he says about the Nuggets and even the Suns. 
Like, come on, man. Sometimes you, you guys just need you, you go get your walker, sit in the corner. It's okay. Daddy will come get you from the retirement home here eventually. Just just go sit down. Do the do the Will Compton shit. Put him with his little phone, put the phone in a little booster seat, sit him down. Okay, shut the fuck up and let and move on your about your day. Yeah, there you go. Go complain about how much better things were back in the day and then turn on HBO Max, a streaming service that you now get to go watch the the hey day of the los angeles lakers and magic johnson and dr jerry buss oh everybody everybody on that team fucking hates that show west hates that show kareem hates that show magic future denver bronco owner possibly magic johnson hates that Please show that, no I, I honestly am not opposed against it i'm not because of the group peyton is in that group that's that's all i'll say that's all i'll say magic has money okay do we really want fucking walmart guy to build a stadium and fucking dia jimmy i don't think so so at least they'll know what to do with this team okay i'll let i'll let magic be part owner if he gets rid of his twitter account Oh, the tweets that the tweets I that can't, could I come can't out of it. Put, it. The Denver Broncos <laughs> played a very solid game, but you know Russell Wilson was the X factor. The owners, Thank you, Thank the you, owners of the Denver Broncos put up a lot of money for this franchise, and they expect to get a good product out of their investment. No, no shit. fucking shit. It's that mean. No, no fucking shit. Yeah. I, nobody, nobody asked you. Nobody. We're, we all thought it. We all thought it. you ain't gotta say it. Come here, come here. Sit down. Sit down. You, you're okay. in the penalty box. You're done. You don't get you're to done. say anything. <laughs> Give me your phone, Magic. Give me your phone. Um, a- anything else you want to hit on before we we try and get? There's some UFC sleep? this weekend that we didn't even know until we recorded five minutes before this episode. So and the Kentucky Derby and the Kentucky Derby. I'm in I'm in uh, Reno, Nevada right now for work, and I'm throwing fifty bucks on some horse. I'll let you know if, you got, if I win because I'll lose my fucking mind. But here's to me hoping I can win betting on the Kentucky Derby as much luck as I had betting on, on the Masters. That's all I'll yeah. say. That's actually oh, not, not a bad way one, to wrap. One more nope. thing. Happy happy Mother's Day. Happy yeah. Mother's Day to every, all the moms out there. If you're a listener, give your mom a big hug. Happy Mother's Day. All the, all the goats out there. Yeah, shout out Miss Sonia. Shout out Stace, my mom. Uh, we love you guys. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers who ha- happen to listen. I know that we have a few of them. We, we love you guys, and, and you guys enjoy the day that you, you've all deserved. Um, that's actually that's a, a good way to close out episode 85 of the podcast. Give me your winner on, on Saturday night, main event, Gaethje versus Oliveira. The, does, do we get it done with Northern Colorado kid, or yeah. is Oliveira going to defend his title? It, it, it's coming home, Jimmy. It's coming, it's coming home. home. It's coming, it's coming home. home. I'll it's be in Greeley. I'll I'd be more. I, my sister's graduating on Saturday, so shout out Roxy as well. I don't know if they get that hype at a bar for it, but hey, if they do, that'd be sick. I'll take it. Oh, don't they uh, play Saturday night too? That's the only problem. They play Saturday afternoon. They're oh. at two thirty that day. What? what? Oh, that's so fucking annoying. Whatever. Damn. All right. <laughs> okay. And with that, be sure to follow wherever you listen to podcasts. Wednesdays and Fridays. Moving forward through the playoffs, big thank you again to Griffin Youngs from the Teledabs at his podcast, jumping on super last minute. It was great to uh, finally get him back. He hasn't been with us since I was doing our hockey show for our former network, so it's been that long since we talked to him, but it was great getting his analysis and his reaction. You could tell he was he was amped up about it, and, and like we said, check out their show, Teledabs it is. It's already out. Um, if you were waiting for it, it's already out for their reaction and, and their new episode coming out Friday at FEOTB pod, all social medias, uh, TikTok, and, and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're putting out three videos a week, two podcasts a week. 
We're churning the content currently, burning the midnight oil at both ends, but it's all worth it. Uh, but just be sure. Because the cup. Because the cup. 14 more. 14 more. Yep. Operation 16 dub. 14 to go. For myself, Jimmy Pilato, my co-host, Nico Bryan, this has been episode 85 of the Far Under the Bench podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you guys next week. Peace. This is the blues I'm playing. Yes, it's a final thing. When the night is cold and lonely. This is a dollar bill piece. Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them pipes and I made it a habit. Towing them pictures and serving them edits.